Hey, welcome to the Tom Ferry Show. Today I've got three special guests, about 650 combined transactions between themselves and their teams, getting into the nitty gritty of what they're focusing on in the fourth quarter. This is a must watch show. Hey, welcome to the Tom Ferry Show. Excited to introduce you to three rock star agents, legends in our ecosystem and massive contributors both to their business, to their teams, and now to all of you. So my intention today is to ask three great agents one question. What is the most important thing you need to do in the fourth quarter to guarantee your success as the market becomes a little more normalized? So before we join, jump into the how, let's do some quick introductions, starting with my good friend, Scott Compa. Scott, tell them who you are, where you're from, and for context, how many transactions are you doing annually? Uh, Scott Compa from Southern New Jersey. We're going to do 250 this year. So 250 transactions. How long in the business now? 12 years. So people are going to hear 250, Scott, and they're going to be like, oh my, I mean, that's like, we know that, you know, there's 43,000 that sell 25. You're doing 10 times that. I assume you have a team. I have a team of nine agents. Okay. So nine agents. So and have you always had a team or is that a newer thing? Uh, about five years now for a team. Okay, so congratulations. So again, good context. And again, a lot of experience with transactions. JD, yeah. fire away. Tell them who you are, where you're from, and what you guys are doing. All right. I'm John David Lennard. I'm from Long Island, New York. Uh, grew up in the business. So I have been doing it myself full time now for 10 years. Um, I've taken the reins over from the family, from the parents, as they kind of you know start to step back, enjoy yeah. life a little bit more, and travel. And we're going to do 110 transactions this year with four really full-time agents. And and of the four, how many of those are family members? Well, I'm also kind of stepping back a little bit to do more of the operations. So it's my sister and three other full-time agents. Outstanding. Uh, do mom and dad still do some transactions? Well, they are legends. They've been in the business for a hundred yeah. years. So my mother is actually really an important, like keystone, like keep. She's the glue, if you will. Yes. My father, we're never going to stop him because yes. he doesn't golf. He doesn't play tennis. He's not into football. Yeah. Real estate is his life. Yes. So he kind of comes in and he drops a deal on the table, and we're like. Good for you, man. Yeah. Just keep it up, whatever. Awesome. Just enjoy it. Outstanding, outstanding. And uh, Tom Tool, tell them who you are, where you're from, transactions, a little background. Sure. So uh, I'm Tom Tool. We work the suburban Philadelphia market, city of Philadelphia. This year, our team's going to close over 300 transactions. Um, I got licensed when I was 19, full time for the past 14 years, and we have uh, 10 salespeople on our team and a rock star support staff. Outstanding. Mm. So we're talking about a lot of transactions and a lot of wisdom, a lot of experience, right? People that I've known for a long time and watched them grow their businesses. So when I asked you guys to do this, you've been watching that whether it's the Team Plus rants I've been doing on Facebook or the things I'm doing live, and there's definitely been a little extra edge to me. And I want to be clear for my friends that are watching, that edge is not suddenly I'm in a bad mood. It's I remember 2007, 8, 9, 10. I certainly remember 1989, 1990, 1991, 92. So, so I have a different perspective and point of view when the market begins to adjust and it's kind of a fourth quarter thing. I get a little more like it's time to plan and step up. But when the market begins to adjust, I just feel this sense of obligation to tell people the truth about what they're going to have to do, not to survive, but to thrive in a changing market, right? In the U.S., everyone's saying the same thing. We've had 
10% appreciation annually for the last five years, 50% increase in home values. And what most of the economists are saying, we're going to slow down to 2 to 3%, 2 to 4% appreciation, which be clear, when you're driving 150 miles an hour and you slow down to 70, it feels like you hit a brick wall. My intent with these guys today is to hear what are they doing in their businesses to make these adjustments mentally with their prospecting, their marketing, whatever it may be, so you can glean from some of the very best and make the adjustments early. So who'd like to go first? I'll start. So to me, the fourth quarter is about one thing, and that is a constant commitment to prospecting and lead generation. So having a full pipeline. So if you're doing one hour of prospecting every day, double down and do two. If you're doing two, add an extra one to three and be a little more aggressive because some of these may be longer term leads. You're not only finishing the year strong, but also setting up the following year and planting those seeds because that's where, the, that's where you win is with the long-term nurture game. So doing that every day, no matter what, and coming in prepared and ready to go, not getting ready to work for a half hour and then deciding to make calls. It's you're in, you're making calls, you're making it happen as soon as you show up. So I want to go a little deeper and I'll do this obviously with all of you guys. Um, you and your coach created something yes. and, and I want to say it was called like the illusion of choice. Yes. Where we're essentially, we'll just explain it to them because maybe some people hear prospecting and then they say, well, I've got to, I got to get organized. I got to get ready. I got to get going. It's not my schedule. What do I do? You actually created a structure for your team. So describe that because they may want to take it on. Sure. So being in lead flow as a team member is a big deal. Getting the new leads. A lot of people think those are the best. I would disagree on a lot of levels. Let's, that's a conversation for another time, I would yep. say. But to be in lead flow on our team, you have to be prospecting four out of the 10 available sessions a week. So Tom and my coach have taught me the best times to be on the phone are between 8 to 11, 4 to 6, five days a week. There's your 10. You're at 40% of them. 40% is not that much. Yep. You have to do two open houses a month, track and, and record all your numbers so we can see who's converting the best, and then we can put those people in the right positions, and doing two transactions a month. Because if you're not able to do those things, you shouldn't be handling new leads because obviously you're too busy. Yep. You can't respond to people right away. Speed to lead is a big thing right now. So if you can't handle those minimum requirements, maybe you shouldn't be talking to new people. You should focus on closing the clients you're working with. Smart. This is not like a punishment. This is, hey, let's get you to close more business. Then we can turn the hose on again, the faucet on again, and put you in a position where you can fill that pipeline back up and start selling more properties. So let's assume, and I'd love for you guys to pipe in on this. Sure, yeah. Let's assume that the vast majority of people watching they don't have the lead flow, you know, they're not Google, Zillow, mm -hmm. Trulia, Facebook, whatever. They're, maybe they're not doing that. They've, they've got their database, so they're thinking about some other things. What lead sources would you guys recommend that someone watching right now in their marketplace, what should they go after? Database leads are number one. I mean, that, that is the best way. These people know, like, and trust you, so you're not having to go through that harder conversion, the harder interview. So that would be the one thing anyone can work right now. And there's people out there that you know that are going to be buying and selling real estate. Yeah. Our family's always been really strong with expireds. Um, mm -hmm. And they went away for a few years. Fortunately, you know, we utilize Zillow a lot in online leads. So that's taken the place. Yeah. Um, we still want to utilize online leads. But we're going to have an opportunity to go back to having more expireds as the, the market, as you said, kind of returns to some normalcy. We're excited about that. One of the things that we're doing with our, with those agents on our team, because they're starting, they're getting nervous as they feel the changes, but we're, we're getting them excited about the changes because we have the skill set. So I would focus a lot on expireds as well as the people that you know, the mm -hmm. sphere of influence as Tom was saying. Yeah. Scott, what about yourself? I would go after, I would say for sale by owners. 
because the less houses are going to sell, it's going to be a lot harder for them to sell. Yeah. And they want to sell. And I would say as a bonus, you have probate leads. Yes. They really need to sell the home. So, so I love it because we have basically now four or five different ways. So the thing that I want to say to everybody watching is, Tommy's saying, you got to over-index on your lead generation, right? And, and in your marketplace, you should maybe speak to this. If you're not making the calls today, you're not getting paid in November, December, January. Like, it's, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, James, what, yeah, what's your point? So one of, one of my key takeaways is, I mean, we've always been in a place where attorneys have been involved in the transaction. So yes. where other places in the country, you might have 30, 45 day closing, mm-hmm. to, like escrow times. We, we can often go from up to 120 days, like yes. no problem. To close a transaction. To close a, from a verbal accepted offer through yep. the contract yep. to close, Easily 120 days, if not more. Yeah. There's people in California right now that are like this one. <gasps> yeah, exactly. So like when you realize like, oh man, I, I got that mortgage payment or whatever. I, I, I'll just do a couple more deals. We don't have that luxury. So we yeah. have to we have to plan. What I've realized having team made, te- like people on the team that, are, that don't have our last name that aren't related mm-hmm. to us, is that sometimes it's not enough, especially by the time you get the paycheck, it was like, what was that for again? Because you've already moved on psychologically, is you have to have crumbs along the way that you plan for yourself. So let's say it's prospecting time. Um, there are there are certain techniques you can use. Like let's say you love chocolate. My father, like we trying to get him to stop eating chocolate because it's not good for him, you know, but like, but it's like, all right, you want that piece of chocolate? You can have it, but first you got to call 10 people that you did business with last last year. You know what I mean? Like, And once you do that, it's that you want to, I, I was listening to a podcast recently where one person was saying, um, you know, they have a, they have a, a set list that they play on Spotify. Yes. They can only listen to that set list when they're doing the task that needs to be crushed. Yes. So it's, and I guess the point you're is. You're gamifying. You're gamifying, right. You know, little, little, you know, reward, consequence. Right. Because, you know, obviously the, the thing that motivates us the most is the paycheck at the end of the day, but you have to, you have to plant, you have to plant these crumbs along the way mm-hmm. just to keep you motivated in the moment. Yeah. What are, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you hear a 120 day pipeline and, and Scott kind of same thing, like any advice to the person that maybe says 60, 90 day pipeline or a 30 day pipeline and they miss their calls. So it, it, they're in a different market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be the same. If you stop making calls for 30 days, 30 days later, 60 days later, our average is 45 to 60, you're, you're, you're out of business. Some, you're out of business and nobody told you, I believe yeah. is the language you use. So, yeah. and, and it comes to also asking the right questions and getting to the motivation when the market shifts a little more, where you talked about probate leads, for sale by owners, expires. These people all have a want or a need to sell. Yeah. So if you go deeper and get to the ones that are the most motivated, that's the people to spend your time with trying to convert. There is no question. Love it. So Scott, what about for yourself? I mean, you're a veteran of this business. You've grown this tremendous business. I would hope that you talk a little bit about health and vitality. Just saying. <laughs> what, what's your most important fourth quarter advice for everybody watching now? I would say you have to recommit to your calendar. If you haven't ever committed to it, commit to it. Mm-hmm. To me personally, I start with a 5 a.m. call every single day. Yes. Um, and with that, it's about getting ahead of my day, getting everything organized, because if I don't do that, then the rest of the day, it just seems to be up in the air. Yeah. Uh, after that, you know, I followed that up with a, you know, usually a Peloton bike ride against some people <laughs> crushing them. Yes. Yeah. I think he's referring to all of us is yes. basically what he's saying. Uh, yeah. Now, but you, okay, so let's talk about this. Um, we've all had this conversation that there is this connection between health and vitality and our success, mm-hmm. health and vitality and our energy, the health and vitality and our ability to go out and do what it is that we do. You were always this way. 
you you I mean you've like transformed over the last four or five years, and now like you're the Pelton guy in our world. So what was that switch for you that got you on the path, and what was the result? Uh, it was really me talking to a doctor saying you got to do something or else you're going to die. Funny um, how that gets us motivated. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and is it's that simple? Pretty much. I love life. You know, my family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 10 and 12-year-old, right? Kids, all that stuff matters. So do me a favor and go very tactically. People love this stuff. Like I, many Tom Ferry shows where I literally would just write up on the wall and say, here's the schedule you should follow. 30,000 views, 40,000 views. Share your schedule. My schedule is 5 o'clock. We have a 5 a.m. call. Well, um, what time do you get up? 3.30. Okay, that was the key. Yeah, the yes. It wasn't like you didn't just wake up at 5 and go, hey, welcome to the 5 a.m. call. Here we go. So 3.30. So 3.30. There's a 3.30 twice a day? Well, that's, what, 15.30? Yeah. So a.m., B.m., got it. So go. Um, so wake up at 3.30, then I go, I'll look at some emails while I'm waiting for the 5 o'clock call. We do the 5 o'clock call. After that, I'll get on the Peloton. Then usually I'm in the shower. I spend some time with the kids before they go to school. Um, then I head to the office. And what happens? Just walk it. Why is it just a simple day? At that point, usually prospecting time and setting appointments is from, I would say, 8 to 9.30 to 10. Mm -hmm. And then after that is all appointments throughout the day. Awesome. Awesome. Now, when someone hears that, you know, they're at 3.30 in the morning, right? I get at 4.45 and I'm now feeling like a candy ass. Mark Wahlberg gets up at 3 a.m. Okay, speak to that. If you're not following Mark Wahlberg, by the way, on Instagram, you, would you guys agree? Yes, you yes, absolutely have, because sure. when he did his schedule, I was like, I need to step it up. Yeah. So what time do you go to bed? Uh, usually 9.30, 10. Okay, so I mean, so you're still getting a reasonable number of hours in, and when you hit bed, are you like fidgety, or are you out? 30 seconds or less, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, love it. What do you, when you hear that, JD, what do you think? Like you said, I'm a candy ass. I'm getting up at 6 a.m. I feel like. <laughs> oh Should God. I serve today? Oh, yeah. Is the weather good? <laughs> but I want to give you the contrast. Where, you know, not everybody's getting up at 3.30 a.m., but we all admire that level of dedication and commitment and what it means. So 6-ish, what's, what's a typical day look like for you schedule-wise? I'm asking the same question. So 6 a.m., I'm up. Same thing. Like I... I I'm trying to take some of the things that I've learned um, from being in this community and slowly but surely try to introduce them to my kids in a way that like they can swallow it. So yeah. the morning routine is really, really important to me for them. I'm making their lunch. Um, my son, Mateo's uh, getting the snacks together for their lunches and, and it's kind of like trying to make it a team thing. I try to make it, keep it positive and, you know, try to, you know, try to have them envision hopefully a positive day at school. So that's really important to me before they go off on the bus and then I'm in the office by, uh, really? Because one of them gets on the bus, I'm, I'm in the office around 9 a.m. Okay. So again, I feel like a little bit of a candy ass. Hey, but, everybody's got a different schedule. It's all good. But I'm, I'm also more of a night person. So mm -hmm. I go to bed like 11, which is mm -hmm. early for me now. I used mm -hmm. to go to bed like 1, 1.30. Because yeah. I was up like always like tinkering and, yeah. you know, I couldn't get my brain to stop working. I've got that sorted out a little bit better. I go to bed 10, 10.30. And then um, so the day is just really filled with. Um, what's that book? The Four Disciplines. Uh, yeah, four Disciplines of Execution. Of execution. KPIs, scoreboarding, accountability, and wildly important goal. That was really that was that was game changing for me mm -hmm. because I 
accepted the fact that there was a whirlwind yes. and I didn't try to solve for the whirlwind. I was like, okay, there's a whirlwind, but if I can, if I can get mm -hmm. 10 to 20% of my day to work on the new things and the things that have to be done to input, like the, the new marketing strategy, yes. the, the campaign, yes. um, I, I have to, and I'm now saying this out loud. So it sounds like an uh, on Tom Ferry show of public accountability. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. I mean, I just had a coaching call and like I have to add two people by the end of this quarter Got to it. my team. Yeah. And so right there, I mean, and that's, and, but part of my day is because I have to talk to maybe 10, 12 people to get to one person that would really fit our culture and mm -hmm. be able to, you know, meet the goals that we would set for them and that they would set for themselves. Got it. Hey, if, if everybody watching this wants to send you guys an email, is that okay? Yeah. Let's just put right across their, each of their email addresses so they can reach out. If they want to go deeper and ask a question, sure. let's not talk about schedule. Let's, let's wrap with this. Most important thing was, you know, you got to fill your funnel, right? You kind of followed up with that, right? And then talked a little operational. You talked about, you know, adding multiple different pillars and then following your schedule and really committing to it. Um, for the person that's watching this that is down in the dumps, is there any mindset any shift that you would recommend or a book or an idea or a concept that maybe has worked for you and maybe it's the Peloton bike because we know how you feel impacts how you think. What is it for you that gets your mindset right? So, so journaling, like I, I've heard this in so many coaching things and I'm like, this is nonsense, this mm -hmm. is stupid. So when you actually do it, three things you're grateful for, two ways today is going to be great in the morning. Yeah. Then when you're done in the evening, three things that made today awesome two things that you're grateful for, and a couple things that maybe could have gone a little better that you want to improve on, that will work if you commit to it. But you yes. got to do it. You have to do it every day, yeah. and you have to write it down or type it, however you're going to do it, but that is going to not only change you, but it's going to change the people around you. Yes. Love no it. question. That's powerful. I would say be careful, first and foremost, be careful who you spend your time with, especially the most amount of your time. I mean, if you've got family, I work with family, trust me, it's, you know, it can be complicated at times. Yes. But... Um, if you have the choice, choose to be around people that have more energy, that share your values, that have, uh, even if they're not in the same industry, mm -hmm. but have goals of, of getting better rather than falling back on gossip and what's happening in the news. I would also add to that, that there's voices that you also sometimes have to deal with in your head. And over the years, I've, I've managed to get better at that as well. And it came down to one thing. The voices were there, but I just put my head down and I did it anyway. And that sounds, it sounds like so simple, but it's actually hard to do. But once you do it, you gain like a muscle, your muscle, yes. your, your, it, it is like a muscle. You get a little bit stronger each time tactically, just cause you look back. That's the other thing. Very often in the moment, you don't realize the progress that you're making. Very often it is in the hindsight when you look back and you're like, well, last year we did 50 transactions, now we're at 86, now we're gonna be at 110. But in it, like, again, my coach the other day was like, are you kidding me? Like, you should be happy, why are you, you know, and yeah. even then I have to remind myself, so that would be my- Maybe that journaling exercise. That journaling, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at, at the very least, look, keep your head down yeah. and keep doing the do because it will come back and, you, you know, and then you'll feel better about everything. Love it. Scott, close it out. So I would say life is really 10% what happens to you, and then it's 90% how you react to mm -hmm. it. Bad things happen to good people. You know, with me, my wife hates it that if something happens to me that's horrible, I have the five-second funeral. Yeah. And that's over and done with. Mm -hmm. Five-second five funeral. funeral. I know the five-second rule for Mel Robbins, <laughs> I love. What is the five-second funeral? 
uh, you mourn whatever it is for five seconds and just move on. <laughs> so sad. Mia, I'm just trying not to bring it home to my family. And he's yeah. like, oh, I already left that like five five hours ago. ago. <laughs> and that could be a closing, a deal that went wrong, a, a, someone that got upset. You know, the life, life happens, right? That's it. Life happens. So simple, guys, and yet so powerful. I mean, between you guys, you know, 300, 100, and 250, we're talking about, I don't know what that is, 500, 600 transactions. A lot of wisdom, guys, and I, I thank you guys. I thank you for being in our community, our ecosystem, for being such a positive voice for so many people and how you contribute to so many people. So thank you, guys. So we're wrapping it up. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. I can't wait to see the questions in the comments. Make sure we link up their emails. And if you guys want to ask some questions, I would fire away. Remember, they're super busy, so they're probably not just sitting there ready to respond unless it's a lead. And then they're really paying attention. All right, guys. Thank you so much. It's the fourth quarter. It's go time. Hey, it's Coach Tom Ferry. Have you been considering hiring a coach? If so, click the link below and check out what we do.